The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, small steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here. This is my podcast, and you are welcome uh, to be here. I'm glad you're here. And if you if I sound a little forlorn, it's because this is like the seventh take today. I don't know what's going on. I am drinking an espresso, but man, it's a slow start. Just one after the other. Just fail, fail, fail times seven. And not to say this is a success, but I just can't do it anymore. I can't keep trying uh, doing false starts. I got to roll. I got to get in the game. That's what a small stepper does. We don't worry about fail success. We kind of just, we, we just get in the game. We get in the game and it, we figure it out after that. That's what I've done here. And in doing so, have lost thousands of listeners in the last 15 seconds. But you know what? I don't have to you know keep doing false starts. So, you know, win-win? I don't know. Anyway, you guys, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Um, thank you uh, in advance for uh, giving me a chance to um, do a little dance. I, oh, man. I really should start this again, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I did want to thank you I, uh, guys for giving me a chance here to come. I, it blows my mind. You you turn this thing on and you listen to it sometimes every week, uh, depending on who you are. Maybe this is your first time, but you're giving it a shot. And I appreciate that a lot because otherwise, why would I come here every week if there's nobody listening to me? I, that would be sad. Unless it made me happy to just talk into a microphone, in which case, fine. Okay. We're gonna. I, I swear that we're gonna get work done this week. I, I absolutely promise that I have things to talk about. Okay, I'm not just here limericking up and doing rhymes of things. Okay, what do I do here? Well, I come here every week, act fully, really, and I discuss my thoughts and perspectives and ideas about how to live better in the modern world, about how to eke out a life that is more uh, you then not you, if you're just joining me. That'll make a lot of sense very soon, but even faster than that would be to go back and listen to old episodes. I was thinking today, like, I come on here, and I know that there's new listeners that, you know, that and it happens word of mouth, and oh, I, you know, I to- told somebody, and they listen to it, et cetera, et cetera. And so, but kind of what I feel like when I come here every week is that it's the same exact group of people that, that were here on day one almost four years ago, you know, and I sort of have this kind of like, hey guys, good to see you again. What's going on? Catch it. Let's catch up. But then I have to remember, number one, I I love catch up. That's number that's the first and foremost right away. Then the second thing is there's probably people here who haven't heard this before or who haven't heard enough to, you know, maybe be involved on that level. I don't know. But I, I want to make sure that it's accessible every week and simple every week. I taught a nutrition class today at the Stanford Inn. Um, to a very nice uh, mother daughter, and they and, and it was like you know that same thing of like this is sim- this is not as complicated as it needs to be. Nutrition is not a, as complicated as it needs to be. If you guys are interested, go well put your email address in my at my website. And you get a free chapter of my book, which is the only chapter in my first book. I get to say first book now because I have another book out. Woo! Um, that is on nutrition. But it's simple. It's it's a short chapter. Even it's what you need to know. Everything you need to know. In that very short chapter, we are complicating things, and it's not helping us, and it's kind of crazy. We complicate uh, exercise, we complicate nutrition, we complicate socializing, we complicate work, we complicate... It's like we have these amazingly complicated brains, and we can figure out stuff, but sometimes we overcomplicate the things that we need to do to just kind of do extremely well. Let's not complicate those things. Let's let's get into science and get complicated and and just like intricate and learn all these amazing things. But but all the while, let's maybe simplify our day-to-day existence so we're just kicking ass day-to-day, feeling really good, living happy lives, eating healthy food most of the time, moving our bodies, having lots of energy and being in generally good moods. And then we can get into the you know minutia of all sorts of different things, whatever floats our boat. But the fact of the matter is, eating healthy is very simple. I can teach you everything you need to know in that first chapter of my book or in you know 30 minutes. What you need to know. Not all you can know, but what you need to know. And that's that's the the difference. Exercise, same thing. It's is it can it be complicated? Sure. If you want to be an, uh, an elite athlete, Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're you're competing on that level. Trust me, 
I understand the intricacies of that. That's why we have coaches and 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 science and testing and VO2 max and all these incredible things and and just measuring everything. That's incredible. But for the Joe Schmo like me who wants to go run an ultra marathon now and then, I don't need any of that stuff. I, you know how I know? Because I don't do any of it and I run ultra marathons. Fine, I'm not winning them. That's not my goal. So. What you need to know and what you can know. Know the difference between those things because what you need to know in many areas is probably a fraction of what you do know or can know. And if it's getting in the way of you living a healthy life, chuck it and just go, yeah, I, I know enough now. I'm doing well. I have enough energy. I feel good. My, my, my stomach is flat. I've got, I don't get sick that often. My skin's clear. I, I'm feeling good. You know enough if that's the case and you've been feeling good for a while, Okay. The knowledge, again, is can trip us up if we think, oh, I got to know more, I got to know more, I got to know more, and can be actually a distraction from what, oh, I don't know, acting in your life, actually implementing change. Well, I got to know more. I can't change anything yet. I got I got to I gotta get, gather more data before I can make a move. On my diet, I have to have everything. I have to understand just the last 150 years of nutritional science. I have to know that perfectly before I give up cheese. And you just don't, okay? I'm not telling you to give up cheese. I'm just saying you don't have to know that much before you can give up cheese. Got it? Now, small steppers will learn stuff to be sure, but all the while we're doing, we act from day one. A small stepper acts from day one. If you're just joining me, you'll know more about that in just, just a few minutes. Um, but when you put you enact a small step, you're acting, and you can gain knowledge all the while because you're acting and living, and you're learning things, and that's amazing. And we grow and we evolve. I argue that we do that better when we're actually acting, not when we're just gathering all the time data. I don't think we evolve until we dive into our lives in deeper ways, in 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 underneath that layer of our of our you know routines, and we get deeper underneath that stuff, and we learn new things about ourselves, and then we can be more open to more information in the world and how we incorporate that in our lives. That's all engagement. And when you engage when you act, sorry, but you do. And that's just the case. Okay. I'm not apologizing. I don't think anybody got mad at that. It wasn't exactly controversial. I'm just saying. Um, but for many, this is a solutions-based podcast. Uh, you know, of course, my ideas are the foundation uh, of, of this podcast. Um, but one of my ideas was my, uh, and is, my particular brand of small stepping. And I have been uh, a small step advocate, as they say, from day one of this podcast, from when I wrote my book, even six, nine months before I started the podcast was my book. And it is 94.7% uh, of my approach is the implementation. Because again, 5.3%. You guys didn't think I could do the math on that? Really? You didn't think I could do the math on that? I did it in my head and also with a calculator. Um, is the knowledge, but then it's implementation. That's what stops people. I often say, and I've done YouTube videos on this very subject, if it were knowledge, we'd be the healthiest species in the world because we know more than any other species, period. We know incredible amounts. If it were knowledge that made us healthy, we'd be healthy. We're not healthy in spite of that knowledge. How is that? We're not healthy in spite of the incredible, for most people, access to healthy food un unparalleled access to food in general, unparalleled, crazy, and yet we're not getting healthier. Why is that? Well, partly because a lot of that knowledge is misleading out there, partly because we're, we're looking into more and more and more when we kind of know better. Now, who knows better? Who knows better? You know better. And what I mean by that is, is when you can strip away the fear, the struggle, the discomfort, Generally speaking, each of us has a pretty darn good idea of what it, uh, of what it is to eat healthy. Maybe not exactly alike, but you kind of have a general idea. In my classes, often I say, um, "So, uh, do you know that a Mars bar is junk food?" And they all go, "Yeah, yeah, of course, everybody knows. Hundred percent of people know that a Mars bar is junk food. Of course, it's a candy bar, of course." And yet they're putting protein powder in their in their shakes. And that's the point where I go, well, wait, what about this then? What about olive oil? I mean, these are empty calories too. If, if it's protein empty calories, how does that get a pass? But fat empty calories or carbohydrate empty calories, those we understand are junk food or maybe not even oil. But somehow carbohydrate junk food, oh yeah, of course, a Mars bar is junk food, putting a protein powder in their shake all the while. Junk food, it's 
junk food. An empty calorie is junk food. A calorie without the stuff that it came with originally is junk food. If it, it, It's empty because it was stripped of all the things that helped our bodies run well. Vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, antioxidants, fiber, and water. If you're eating a calorie, a food that gives you energy, and it doesn't have that stuff anymore because it was taken away, then it's not healthy. I'm not telling you not to eat it. I'm saying, like a Mars bar, maybe understand that junk food is not the best thing to just consistently eat day to day, but it's a treat kind of thing. And then you can go, okay, well, I'll put it in this much. I'm drinking an espresso right now. It's junk. Look, there's some good things in espresso. Yeah, okay. Whoop-dee-doo. Can I live better without espresso? Yes and no. Yes in the diet realm. No in my life because I freaking love espresso. And, and I'm not joking when I say that because this is the idea of, this is my approach as it applies to the modern world, which is, yes, technically, I wouldn't say coffee is a healthy thing, but I have figured out a way to include it in my life into a certain amount that is not debilitating for me and gives me pleasure because I freaking enjoy it. So again, and I'm going to North Carolina this weekend, and the talk I'm giving is on restriction. It's my favorite talk that I give now because what people often do when they want to so-called eat healthier, they may want to do that, but then they have this feeling of like, oh, it's restrictive. I'd have, I'll have to give up. I'll have to give up this. I'll have to give up that. I have to, oh, it's not going to be. And, and that I tackle that right ahead. And I go like, listen, maybe in one little area you restrict, but the payoff in terms of the entirety of your life is massive. And so it's this idea that, that we broaden our views, small steppers. We look at the broad view of our lives. Always, everything new we take on, we, we look at, the, at our, on our whole lives and say, okay, what can I, how can I fit this in that can be long-term and sustainable? Okay, I can't really, I don't really want to, a small stepper may say, I don't really want to do a diet because, man, I'd have to give up all this stuff in my life. I'd have to shut down family and everything else to do this diet because it takes over my life for 21 days. Or... Yeah, I can make this work and kind of push things around short term, but still there's a consideration of our lives in 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 the entirety. But back to sort of this common sense idea of, of who knows better, the answer for anybody who's listening to this podcast uh, is not going to be a surprise. You know better. And 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 the idea is that we get deeper into this knowledge and and most of the people I teach, I would say well over half of the people I teach come in with uh, you know, a pretty wide breadth of knowledge about nutrition, let's say. They've done a ton of reading. And yet when I frame it the way that I frame it, they kind of they kind of go, oh, it's like they've gotten too confused. They've they've read almost too much on it. And and I as I can strip things away, they know deep down, oh yeah, I understand this. I, I get it. I just got too deep into this and too deep into that. And all of a sudden I'm reading about the freaking amino acids when that's not useful knowledge. Sorry, guys. It's just not useful knowledge unless you're me and, and teach this. Totally great, useful knowledge. But living day to day, eat foods that have a lot of nutrition still intact in the food, you're fine. I mean, I, and, and I'm not even being facetious here. I'm not kidding. If you want to exercise, go move your body. Do you need to have a watch and a this and a heart rate monitor? No, you don't, unless you use those as tools to excel in that area or to improve. That's fine. And because you want to finish an ultra marathon, I totally get it. I absolutely get it. I've done that stuff, but I don't need to do that. I can go run a few miles a few times a week, jump in a river, get some cold therapy, and I'm in good shape, which I am in good shape. And I don't need to do anything of studying. I don't eat anything before or after. Sometimes I run in the morning and don't eat anything until dinner. It's what I need to know versus what I can know. There's a, a, a divide there. I want you guys to get more in touch with the who you are because as you get more confused with, well, I thought I was supposed to do this, but then this study, that article said that, and, and then that's the opposite of that thing, and then there's this new diet, and that's supposedly all the rage, but then that, and I think if you took a, 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 some time to read beneath the, you know, get behind the veil and sort of read between the lines, you'd probably go, ah, it's a bunch of crap, butter coffee, hello, what? Yeah, exactly, but... We're busy, and so we read the headlines, we read the short stories of things, and we go, that sounds amazing, that looks incredible. I was just thinking about this today, and I will just admit it to you. For the first few years of my uh, nutrition practice, I was a proponent of coconut oil. Like, I was like, because I'd read the stuff, and I'd read these articles on it, and I was like, okay, and I read this book that was talking about coconut oil, and I was like, okay, great, coconut oil, and I was I was recommending it, and but it, I got a little deeper on it the last few years, and I was really like, holy crap, 
I got swept up into that madness is junk food. Do I have stuff with coconut oil in it on occasion? Yes. But now I know. So now I know enough to know that ain't something that I'm adding to anything unless it's just I'm out and, and I eat something that has a little coconut oil and I'm not going to sweat that because, I'm again, I'm the most of the time guy, right? Mocked, if you're just joining me, most of the time. So that I eat well most of the time, I don't sweat that kind of stuff, the coconut oil kind of thing. But I know better. I know better now. And how great that is if you know enough to act and then move on. So I sort of go, okay, good, got it, got it, coconut oil, pulled the wool over my eyes, nice one, well done. Luckily, it wasn't debilitating. I didn't even eat it that much at the time, uh, but now I know better. And so kind of cool the way that we can uh, learn things and act on those things, but there is definitely a line over which you cross when you get too deep and then your head starts to spin, and guess what? You get stressed out by the thing that you're studying that much. That is happening more and more especially in the food realm. People are, they knew too much. And a lot of times with couples, sometimes I'll be like, you're thinking about food way too much. And sometimes the other part of the couple, the other side of the couple is like, yeah, you know, cause they just, it's just, it's all consuming because there is so much knowledge out there and that's great. And it's amazing. And I don't want research to shut down. I just want you guys to embark on that stuff. If it feeds your life and makes you happy. And if it doesn't, Learn what you need to know, basically, which is probably what you already know, common sense. If you can strip away some of the, some of the crap, you go, I, I, I basically have an idea. I basically have an idea. Okay? All right. Um, I will recommend a documentary. It's not perfect. Uh, called What the Health. Pretty good. It's on Netflix. I don't know the guys. I watched it. One of the things that... Here's my pet peeve of, of What the Health, if you guys have watched it. In the beginning, and it's they're the same guys that did Cowspiracy, and they they got it dialed in. Like they do a good job on documentaries. It's great, but but they're they're, they're calling these nonprofits, and they're and they're saying, um, you know, Susan G. Komen, why do you uh, why are you sponsored by this product when when you know study after study shows that this product actually causes breast cancer, and they they just sort of pick up the phone and call, from what I can tell, and the person on the other line is like, yeah, I I can't answer that. I'll have to get have somebody get back to you. And the documentarians are like, see, another person just shining us on and they won't answer. And I'm like, of course, they're not going to answer. You picked up the phone and you called a random number. They're not going to, don't put that, like, don't put that. It's not a conspiracy. They're not shining you on because they, they don't want to get into the touchy subject that you're talking about. They're, 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 you know, forwarding you to the appropriate parties to answer your freaking question. Seemed like a little, it was a little begging of the, uh, you know, the drama. See, look what they did. Must be a conspiracy. They won't answer my question. Yeah, because they're 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 sitting at a phone answering phones all day. That's not their job. Dig? So if you can get past that kind of crap, and I probably just angered somebody listening to this podcast. So apologies. That's just my opinion. But the rest of the movie is fantastic. Um, the information is really good and kind of scary. Little bit. Little bit frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Okay, so a few quick announcements. Oh, so I was walking through the inn. This is absolutely true story. So over the weekend, I was walking by the uh, walking through the inn, and I'm I'm on my way to the kitchen, and I hear this woman as I'm walking by. She goes, "Yeah, she's at the bar. I just signed up for this thing. No meat athletes, like this meal thing." And I just got I went, Erp! and I turned around and I said, "I'm like apologies for if I'm like totally interrupting you and and prying." But did you just say you signed up for the health the uh, no meat athlete meal thing? She goes, "Yeah." I said, "Health made simple." She's like, "Uh huh." And I go, <clears throat> yeah, that was, I did that. That was me, Matt Frazier and I did put that thing together. And she's like, wait, what? I go, I'm, I'm, I'm Sid. I did the, Matt and I co-launched that thing. I think I was a little more eloquent. I wasn't like, dip, 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 Frazier. Um, and so we kind of chatted and I said, and she was like, oh my, because it was so weird. I mean, I had no idea. They had no idea that I was there. They, at that point, I don't think she knew that I was involved. But it, So then I walked in the kit and I gave her little pointers. I said, look, come to the live Q and A's. It's keeping people on track and allowing them to ease their way in. That's our idea here. There's meal plans, but we really want people to ease their way in, maybe just one meal a week or whatever, just to kind of sink this in. So I walk in the kitchen. I come out five minutes later. She's Googled me and realizes that I'm not just an absolute crazy person. And we ended up having this really great talk. She was with three friends. They were, they were super fun, but it was just so random that she's talking about this thing, and I'm walking by the guy who co-created it with Matt Frazier. That's all by way of saying, if you're interested in getting deeper on food um, and wanting to explore sort of the meal plan, uh, how to how to make your daily eating super, super simple day to day, um, this is what we did, Health Made Simple. And I'm turning on my light because it's getting dark in here. Maybe because of the eclipse. 
The Eclipse was today. Oh, by the way, okay, nomeanathlete.com slash meal-plan-system. Okay, it's a meal plan, but it's really the goal is to make it so simple day-to-day. And then when you have time to do recipes, do recipes. But that's not our bag. Our bag is every other day that you're not doing recipes, how to just get in your kitchen, bust out some super healthy food, whether you have a family or not, and move on. Dig? Okay. Eclipse Day, so exciting that it was not at all exciting because it was so overcast that we couldn't see anything. Drove the kids down to the beach. There was a park ranger there who had uh, eclipse glasses, and we just stood around and chatted because we couldn't. There was no sun to be had. No sun to be had at all. So that was a little disappointing, except to say, had a weird this had a weird kind of moment there where I thought you get. I this is just me. So this may be nobody else listening to this podcast right now. But I have this thing of like I this urge like if I don't if I miss this I'll regret it. If I don't get down and see this once in a lifetime thing, my life will be the worse for the wear, and and it's going to really destroy me. I I don't think I think in actual verbal terms that way, but I feel like this pressure of like I've got to see this thing. If I don't see it, uh, you know what's going to happen? I I I I I don't know what to do with myself if I missed this momentous occasion. Um, that's a that's a weird thing because it's the moon going over the sun. And again, it's built up by humans that we say we put this importance and we have this knowledge and we say if it's not going to come back for 40,000 years or whatever it is. And, and, and it's fun and I wanted to see it. Was I a little disappointed that I didn't see it? Yes. Is life going to go on? Yes. I, I don't. It's neither here nor there. And the cool thing about technology and in spite of me sort of putting technology in its place last week and I'm not anti-technology, but you can, if you heard that episode, you know where I stand on it. I can look and see pictures, and that's incredible. And, I, and that's sort of the best part of technology is amazing. But I did feel this pressure and this kind of letdown of like, well, I can't see it. What if it, nothing? There's no consequences there. It's another thing to see and another thing to experience. And just unnecessary added pressure to me to like be bummed that I didn't see this thing and I won't see it. There's lots of things I'm not going to see before I leave the earth or wherever we, we go. And, and so it's just keeping things sort of focused and straight. I came home, hung out with my kids a little bit, went to work to a place that I love, and now I'm doing a podcast, which I dig too. A lot of experiences that are really awesome. And if I missed any clips, whatever. You know what I've got? I've got totally clips of the heart. I can listen to that song on repeat. I think that's just as good. And I don't have to wait 40,000 years for that song to come around again. <clears throat> I run the Wellness Center at the Stanford Inn. And that's stanfordin.com. The the I think there's a couple spaces, but man, we got some more signups for the retreat, which is exciting because now we actually have a good group. Uh, there's a retreat in September, which is nutrition, uh, gardening, uh, cooking, and uh, yoga included, and optional trail runs, and all sorts of cool stuff. So that's just awesome. And if you want to check that out, go to stanfordin.com under specials and retreats. At the very top there, get some info and give them a call or you know whatever. Info at stanfordin.com. You can check that out, and uh, I might even answer you because I'm head of the wellness center there, so I will usually field questions about those kinds of things. Um, My new book, Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family, is out September 19th. It is at the printers as we speak, and my first book also to the printer. I think I announced this last week because the first edition uh, sold out, which is exciting. So both books are at the printer being printed <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not getting verklempt, I promise. In any case, uh, yeah, so you can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Powell's or whatever, and you can pre-order that book, which I would appreciate if you did, if you're going to order it anyway, um, if you are having uh, kids soon. If you have kids, if you know people who have kids, um, I'm very proud of this book. I think it's a, it's a healthy, families, uh, healthy, happy families uh, book. It's fun and hopefully funny to you. It's funny to me. So that's that's something. My buddy Bree read it. She seemed to like it. Found some typos. Uh, that's expected. You know, I only had seven people copy edit it, so there's no reason why there shouldn't still be typos in there. Um, you can go to sidgarzahillman.com and uh, get a free chapter if you put your email address in. But also, you can get links to my social media accounts. You can donate to uh, the podcast. And I appreciate those who of you who have. Throw me a couple bucks. Literally, every month would be phenomenal. Literally two bucks. Two bucks a month would be great. Um, so throwing a review down on iTunes and Amazon, also great. But you can also buy merch at that website. Okay? Approaching the Natural Podcast uh, merchandise. Mugs. Nutty Nut Nut t-shirts. The whole deal. 
I'm leaving in three days for North Carolina. Uh, and so I will be speaking at the uh, Triangle Veg Fest on August 26th and 27th. I am doing my own talk on the 26th on restriction, as I said. And on the 27th, I'm, uh, I and two other people, um, Ellen Jaffe Jones, I think, Olympic uh, medalist, and I, because I'm an Olympic medalist, and some, I, Luge, I think it was. I can't remember. I mean, I'm, a, I'm obviously an elite athlete. Um, and another person I'm not familiar with, and I should have his name, but I don't, but he's a weightlifter. And we're doing an athlete panel, okay? An athlete panel. Clearly, I will be the least athletic of the three. And I think that's okay, because I all represent the everyman. Um, so that's this weekend in North Carolina. Okay, so if you're just stopping by North Carolina, jump on over there. If you live there, obviously, that'd be easier for you. I'll be in Los Angeles September 16th and 17th in San Francisco on October 1st and Portland October 14th and 15th and Costa Mesa on the 28th and 29th of October. All those links are in the show notes. Mm. Boom. That's how you find out about those. They're all veg fests. And let's talk about YouTube. Post another video and uh, could I be this naive? I'm going to touch on this real quick and then we're going to get into the nitty gritty of this week's podcast as if we haven't already. Um. I have a, and this speaks to the the general mission that I have with this podcast, and I do think it's a mission in my life and this podcast and my videos. I have this underlying belief that we are, and I've mentioned this before, all have a strength in us, all have power in us, all have a certain, like I said before, stripped away. We have this knowledge about what is good for us. And, and I was listening to this piece of music by Duke Ellington called Lotus Blossom. If you can get a hold of this thing, it's on um, an album called, and his mother called him Bill. And and it's Billy, Billy Strayhorn music, it, whatever, neither here nor there. But there's two versions on this album. You've got to hear the one with the saxophone. It is It literally melts me. And I was listening to this on Friday night. Well, Lisa and I went over to a friend of ours' house to hang out and have a drink. And, I, and we were talking about it for some reason. I said, oh, have you never heard that song? And I played it. I hadn't heard it in a long time, and I had this moment. It was I was listening to it in this this uh, uh, you know memories of my wedding because we played it for our first dance and all this stuff came came flooding in. But it was this moment where I thought, how incredible of a species we really are. And I know that I talk about the problems that we're having as a species, and we are having problems as a species. There ain't no doubt about that. But that doesn't mean we're a crappy species. It just, to me, means we're just gonna, we could do better than we're doing, and I want to show you the way to do that. I have an opinion about that. But I, there is amazingness uh, for us to, for instance, make up words like I just did. But there's incredible uh, knowledge innate in us beyond words. And this is a, a song that has no words. And, and it's there's so much wrapped up for me in this song. And I hope that you guys have experience like this with other art or whatever that you that there's like it's like watching the sunset kind of that whole thing like you want to talk about it because it devalues the sunset like don't stand there and talk about the freaking sunset experience it direct and it's those moments that I have seen when I work with people in my practice when I forgot to announce but smallsteppers.com is up and running it's doing incredibly well people are i'm getting amazing feedback but what i'm saying and so if you're interested it's a 12-week program smallsteppers.com okay sign up boom it's amazing um but what i'm seeing is the i can recognize now these moments these moments of understanding without words where they they the light goes off or however you want to describe it with words but it's a tapping into this spark that is in them that is all of a sudden independent of language. And as, a, and, as in, and as important as I believe language is, especially when it comes down to the mind chatter and the, and the messages that we, we tell ourselves sometimes negatively and, and how we can change that around by acting and, and creating our steps list and, and sometimes even reformulating the way that we phrase things to be, in my opinion, more accurate, like the example I always use of going to a party and somebody's like, you can't eat that and you can't eat that. And I'm like, you totally can. I say that all the time. It's like, I absolutely can. That's the truth. The truth is I can eat that. The truth is I'm not, I'm not choosing to eat that. But sometimes, so it, it's important to use that kind of language. But then there's this whole other thing, which is this ability of our, of our species to create beauty, this ability of our species to solve problems, this ability of our species to take action, to, to fight against odds for what is right. 
And oftentimes what is right is what is right for us. And and what I see at in smallsteppers.com and, and I've seen with the people I've worked with privately is this moment where they I can see that they feel right about what they're doing. And I don't even want to ask them to describe it. I just want to what I ask them to do is remember how that feels. That's how I say, that's how I actually say it with clients. I go, remember how that feels. Cause they go, you know, I was out and there was this, you know, plate of cheese and I, and I, I just, I went up there and I was going to eat it, but then I decided I just didn't really want it. And I just felt, it felt so good after they could just had this like, and they almost stumble. That's because it's beyond because it's so deep in the psyche of just, and I'm, I have no idea about psychology, so I'm just going to say psyche because it sounds awesome, and I probably got a date in college by saying that exact word. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember that far back. I don't eat nearly enough protein to have that kind of memory. But it's that moment. It's that, it's that beyond words feeling where they, re, they lock in. And that's what, like I said last week, like that's addictive. Like that feeling of, oh, this is right. And that's why restriction is such a, just a, just a surface thing about that because in a sense they're restricting, right? They didn't do something, but in a, but in the larger, more correct way of looking at it, they didn't restrict at all. They they went big. They went big by appealing to this thing that's in them already, and that's that's the thing. Anyway, long story short, um, I may be naive about that, but I really f- believe that this is in all of us. I, I believe that there is hope and strength and 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 amazing work and joy and love in all of us it, 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 as a species if we can freaking tap into it it's an like i said in the video it's an access problem not a transformation problem i don't have to make people or try to make people positive and brilliant and and inspirational i want them to access that which is already there am i naive about that possibly but I will tell you that I truly do believe it and I kind of have to. Otherwise, I would never do the work that I do. I would never come to this podcast, by the way. I'd be like, lost cause. It, the lo- Approaching the lost cause with Sid Garza Hillman just every week. Don't bother. Don't bother. So that was the video. Okay? That was the video. Um, let me get to some business. Uh, Boy, I am kind of rolling here. I'm going to skip over a few things. I was going to kick those down a can next week. I got notes. I do bullets. I got bullets. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, before I get to the subject, I also want to talk about this podcast a little bit, which I do because I want, I want people to understand. I, I play a lot with the two sides of us, and this actually speaks to what I was just talking about with, with regard to what is in, in us. Because oftentimes it's, and I think I did an episode many, many moons ago, which was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I think I spelled Hyde, H-I-D, because I'm clever that way. Um, but the parts of us that sometimes are hidden, and, and, and there's two, sometimes more, um, but very different aspects of us that in that that act in the world aren't there i mean there's times where we're doing something we and then there's this part of us that watches that happen i talked about last week that i go get the half a donut and then i go back five minutes and in a way i'm certainly lost in the moment sometimes or i'm lost in the mind chatter which is you're fine you can do it all that kind of stuff but there's also a moment where i go and at back then didn't wasn't conscious necessarily or 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 blatant about saying this, but I knew on some level that this was not me. I knew because I didn't feel good about doing it. I feel like I was cheating myself. I felt like I was selling myself short. The two sides of us is fascinating to me. I mean, how somebody can be, in my mind, deep down, a healthy, vibrant person and not live that way at all in the world. That blows my, that is so complex and awesome to me to think about. Uh, and just to consider, and it's probably one of the major things that fuels my work in, in honing and crafting my approach over these many years is this, I'm going to just be stupid and kind of annoying, but do, the duality of, 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 of part of us that lives in the world in one way, and sometimes that's at odds with the, the part of us that's inside that is the, the one that has, has really defined values and ethics and a really clear idea of what, what is right and wrong. In the world, and also for us, we in deep down, but then this other person that's living in the world, maybe completely different, maybe in some ways similar, but then in other ways completely different. It's a mind blower to me. I, I, it's so fascinating to me because the question is: How is there a battle that ensues? Sometimes, is there a way to shut out shut out one completely? No. 
And so there's this wiggle room of moving via, guess what, small steps to more of the you deep down and less of the not you in the world, hence the me, not me game that I play. But what I was thinking is, and you guys know how much about, you know, setting the example is primo for me, right? It's, it's, it's the example you set more than anything else when you influence others. But what I was thinking is, is how interesting when you, when you, when I think about this kind of two persons, two people in us, each of us, that when you small step, when you put a step on your list that says, okay, I'm going to, I don't exercise at all. So I'm going to put a step on my list that says two squats every morning. I think this to be absolutely true, which is that every time you do that small steps, and if it's a correctly stated step, you're going to do it every day or most days without fail because you set it small enough to just immediately engage in this new behavior. And initially, you're just going to do two squats. Eventually, it might build, but for now, it's two squats and you nail it down because it takes all of five seconds. And in that moment, you actually set an example for yourself Here's what I mean. This part of you that is acting now, this part of you that is the real you is the one doing the steps. The person that wasn't exercising is not you, but that person gets to see the you do this thing without you having to change your life and upside down and quit everything so you can go on a freaking you know, training plan that takes eight hours a day. You're setting the example that you can do this. You're setting the example that exercise is valuable. Because the person that does the squats figured out in their first task, hypothetically, I am a person who exercises. And their in point as a small stepper is, okay, well, I'm going to be more of that person right now by doing two squats. Because that, that fits in the rest of my life. I can handle two squats a day, no problem. It's not going to cause me stress. I can keep up with it forever and ever and build on it. And you just set this little example. Forget about the fact that you also, by the way, if you have children or a, or a partner or a spouse or friends... You're also going to be setting an example for them, which is going to be influential like no words will ever be. But you're actually, in a way, setting an example for yourself. You're seeing what you can do without you. You see, it's weird because you're you're saying, I can do this. And the person saying that maybe isn't doing it as much, but you're, oh, wait, I can do this. And you're watching it. You're doing it, but then you're watching it too. And there's that kind of weird thing again. It's like you're experiencing and you're watching yourself experience. It's a very weird thing. I'm not a psychologist. I can't figure it out. What I can do is think about it enough to say, okay, well, does this work as an approach? And hands down, yes. I mean, that's why I keep coming here and I've been doing this for a long time now because I've seen it work. I've said, okay... Forget about the pressure of I'm never going to be able to do this. I can't do this. Oh, the project is too big. Start setting an example of that you can. Start setting an example of writing poetry by writing poetry every day in a minute, totally stupid, potentially way that's not good poetry. But you, this came up in a question in Small Steppers of, you know, what about the quality of this kind of stuff? It's like in the beginning, your step is just about getting the habit, the behavior in, and also setting an example. I can write poetry every single day. Are you writing good poetry every day? No, but that's not the example you're setting yet. That's not the example you're setting or may never. But can you set an example of uh, and be the person even for a moment that exercises every day? Yeah, you can pull that off in my small steps approach by choosing the thing that you can actually do every day. And the other part of you looks at that and goes, oh, I guess that's, that's kind of possible. And over time... These two things lock up a little bit more. The, the, they're maybe diametrically opposed in the beginning, but then they kind of ease in, get a little closer over time. The, the you and the not you get a little closer over time. There's less not you. There's more you. It's kind of narrowing. The gap is narrowing, and you find yourself just acting flawlessly and effortlessly as you, and it feels right in the moment. And I just play with that kind of thing. And I was thinking about this last point. This is a, what I'm talking about here is a guru-less path. Because you find the example in yourself. You set your own example. Uh, somebody, I can teach you the method of doing this. I can teach you the first task, but I can't write the first task of you. I can teach you what a steps list is, but I can't write that steps list for you. And you can. And this is, again, maybe I'm naive, but I think everybody deep down knows exactly who they are. What gets in the way of that knowledge is potentially how they've been living, is the magazines they read, is the news they watch, is the beer they drink, is the light box food that they eat, prevents you from getting to what you already know, which is exactly who you are, and success 
and failure and perfection and fear and all these things prevent us. I'm not asking that question. I don't want to freaking know who I am because then I have to admit all the stuff that I do badly, supposedly, in the world, right? And in a protected fashion of being a small stepper, in an easing your way in method, you learn that knowledge incrementally and you learn it in a way that doesn't freak you out and you learn it in a way that doesn't make you feel like a failure. It actually has the opposite effect, which is that you're actually fixing this in your life. You're becoming who you are and you're doing it over time and you're not focused on what you're not doing anymore because a steps list is always on action. A steps list is doing. It's not not doing. It's doing. And that's what you're doing right away. You're setting this example of action and, and sure, a little bit of discomfort and struggle, but you're, 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 you're coming on the other side of that and you're seeing that in yourself. You're setting your own example for yourself, how amazing that is. And your brain goes to that more often than it does the junk food that you might eat later on that same freaking day that you do the two squats, but all of a sudden your, 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 your focus is shifting to the conscious you, to the person who physically writes that steps list, not turns their brain off and binge eats on donuts. That may happen, but the person who consciously says, okay, but I'm going to do this here now. That's the one that takes hold over time. It does. It just takes hold over time. How do I know? Because I've been doing this a while. Again, it could be naive, except for that it would it would mean that like 94% of the people I've ever worked with are, are exceptions to the rule. I love that. Oh, it's an anomaly. Anything that we don't agree with <clears throat> or anybody who lives really well doing stuff that we don't do, well, they're an exception to the rule. How many more exceptions to the rule is it going to take before we realize there's better ways to do what we do? And we can cast that off as an exception to the rule, or we can say, okay, I think we're they're no longer exceptions. Maybe there are, they are the rule. And the exceptions to the rule are the way that we're living in the modern world, which is so the opposite of our natural design that kind of makes you think about things a little bit. Kind of makes you think like, well, wait, maybe we're the exceptions to the rule. The rule is our bodies do really well when we feed them natural food. Our bodies do really well when we move in natural ways. Our bodies do really well when we socialize in freaking person. Maybe that's the rule, and the exception to the rule is social media, even though most people are on social media way more than they are actually socializing. But the exception to the rule changes when you realize what the rule actually is. And it's not a numbers game, it's a definition game. If the rule is we do better when we're living more in in line with our design, then I don't care how many people are doing the opposite of that, there's still the exceptions to the rule because now we know what the rule is. Dig? That was kind of forceful. My espresso's gone, so there's a little bit of anger. Okay, and it's bubbling, <clears throat> it's bubbling up, and I'm getting a little verklempt. I don't. I'm really not. I don't know why I have a. I have a frog in my throat, but it's raw and high in protein. Okay, the uh, the su- <laughs> the subject of this week's podcast six months from now. This was inspired by a client that I finished working with. I'm going to say two three months ago tops. Okay, I don't I don't have the math. I don't do the math on that. And I don't have a calendar in front of me. Um, she wrote me an email and she's been in the small steppers, uh, program. I did work with her and then she was one of my testers and she's an amazing woman. And I have, it's been really fun keeping in touch with her because of, she became a tester and she's also a copywriter. So like 99% of the mistakes that I make, which is by the way, 99% of the time, uh, she's catching. I should have had her proofread my novel. That's what I should have done. She and Brie would have just freaking caught everything. Um, but she wrote me today, and I asked her for permission to share this. So it, this is uh, this is you know permission given, permission granted. She had a uh, a novel she was working on, but had stopped working on it. And through our work together, she in, in implemented a step on her steps, a physical step list that was ten minutes a day of novel writing. And in, in, in a seemingly very weird chain of events, a lot of cool stuff happened with this seemingly innocuous step 10 minutes a day. And, you know, we figured it out. We said, you know, I said, how much can you do without stress and blah, blah, blah. You know the drill. She said 10 minutes a day. Well, all of a sudden that 10 minutes a day, it put it on the map. It put it, as I say, it was on her, all of a sudden writing was on her radar again. So she's whipping that 10 minutes, but a lot of stuff came up around it. Okay. And I could tell that this was a major thing for her in terms of lowering overall stress, making her life better, like in a qualitative happiness giving sort of way. She was working on her book again. And it was all of a sudden these questions came up. Well, wait a second. I'm realizing that, you know, 
in the evening, I get stressed by this step, but if I write in the morning, it works really well. Here we go. Small steppers. Start thinking about their lives. Start thinking about, guess what? What works for them? Start thinking about workarounds instead of plowing through with, with, with you know, willpower, draining. Because why? Because this wasn't over. I didn't say do it for a week. Yeah, you can plow through that. This was start writing and, and there's no end date here. So then it was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep doing this. If there is no end date, I better figure out a way to make this as least stressful as possible. There it was. And it moved from then other questions that came up, which were, I feel pressure about writing. And I said, you don't actually have to write, you know, write words. You can think about your novel, but you're, you're, you're doing that. So now she does that. Sometimes she said her words, kind of paraphrasing, but sometimes she said she's not actually writing. She's thinking, but she gets in that chair and now it's it's went up to 12 minutes. And I mean, like a couple months later, it went up to 12 minutes. I've, I've said it before. If you're just joining me, when you increase a step, it's incremental. You can go from 10 to 10 minutes and 15 seconds. It, there are no rules about this except for that you move and you're moving. So a few months later, she's 12 minutes instead of 10 minutes. And she knows a good time of day to do this. And it's making her happy. But here's the kicker. Ready for this? This is going to blow your minds. Blew my mind. I'll just put it this way. After a few months, she has 20 pages of her novel written. 20 pages of her novel written. 20 pages. Now, here's how many pages she would have done had she not started this process. Zero. Because she had stopped writing her novel. So the title of this sub, the subject of this week's podcast is six months from now. And what I want you to think about this week is two things. Number one, is there something that you can, that you want in your life? Let's say it's exercise or whatever. Okay. Just for the sake of argument, you wanted to exercise, you just have an exercise. Imagine for a second, if six months ago, you had started doing two to three squats a day, six months ago. You would right now have six months under your belt of exercise every day. And that's assuming not a single in- increase of that step. But you know as well as I do, there's a darn good chance that if you'd started with two squats by now, who the heck knows? You could be running a freaking marathon. I don't know. I've seen crazier stuff than that. Trust me. But you would have six months under your belt. Six months. Now, have you wasted the last six months? Of course not. You've done a ton of stuff potentially, and you've gone to work, and you've done you've you've been productive, and you've hang, hung out with family. But if there are things that you would like to include in your life, if you I always miss I miss painting. I used to love painting. For the last six months, you could have painted every single day. You could have set a step so small that you could have started a painting six months ago, and now have done that one plus two more. Who knows? Six months. Second thing I want you to think about, what if today you start something and just forget about the rest of your life, maybe that freaks you out, but maybe you go, okay, I am going to start something right now and it's, I, I want to check in six months from now. And you set a date on your calendar and you go six months, I'm going to do something every day for six months. And it's still, by the way, six months, that's a long time, you guys. So you still, I know it's not the rest of your life, but it is still something you want to size your step appropriately, at least to start because you got six months coming, six months or try a year. I don't know. doesn't matter to me. I just want it long enough where it's beyond that sort of, I can willpower through 21 days and I can willpower through even, you know, 12 weeks or whatever. This is six months and it's all on you. There's no training plan. There's no like, oh, here's what you do on day four, now day seven and now day 21, now day 84. No, this is you for six months. So what could you have done the last six months? And now you're like, I got six months under my belt. That's amazing. I look back and I go, I've got over a year of deep breathing, the Wim Hof thing, and cold therapy for every day for a year. And, and it's, been, it's been incredible. I'm not going to revisit that. I did a video called Consistency on it. You can go to my YouTube channel. Subscribe while you're there for the love of God. And I've got a whole year and all these experiences that came out of that by doing that. So what could you have done six months ago that today you wake up and go, I've been doing this thing for six months. I've been exercising every day for six months. I've been eating a, a big freaking salad twice a week for six months as a dinner. I just make a big, huge salad two times a week. And I've been doing that for six months, six months. You'd be amazing how it's amazed how quick the time flies. We all know that in the transition period, you're aware, you're aware of the time, oh, kind of slogging, but not really slogging too much because the step is so small that you kind of have this reaction of like, yeah, I can do one salad a week. I can do one salad a week. I'm at work late on Mondays. I don't socialize with anybody that day. I just work late. So having a big salad, I'm not, I'm not really enjoying food that day anyway. So I just buy a bunch of pre-washed spring mix. I dump it into a bowl 
and uh, and just put a bunch of veggies on there and some freaking balsamic vinegar and a cashew ranch and I freaking go to town on it. One, yeah, one day a week, whoop de do. Six months later, boom, you wake up. Oh my God, I'm eating salads three or four times a week. I'm having raw vegetables for snacks during the day. I'm, I'm getting up and having fruit in the morning a few times a week. This is what happens. Notice when my client began the step of 10 minutes, all these other things came up. Hindrances sometimes to her working on the novel. And yet it wasn't, see, this is why I don't write a novel. It's too hard. It was, okay, I'm noticing that I, it's hard for me to do it when I get home because it's the end of the day and I'm a little bit tired. And so if I, I just woke up 10 minutes earlier, which is 10 minutes, not that big of a deal, but man, it just, it just, and all of a sudden, and I found her, we would talk and she'd be thinking about her book during the day, little breaks. And instead of, you know, beating herself up about this or that or all that kind of stuff that people do, me too, all of a sudden I've got something to think about now. Amazing. Just by starting the process. The six months from now is what I want you guys to think about. Stuff comes up. There's no doubt about it. When you start something, there is terror about it. There's fear about it. Uh, You're writing a novel again, and all of a sudden, not her, I'm just saying, hypothetically, you could be thinking, I wonder if this sucks. I wonder if, uh, you know, people are not going to like it. But you're doing it in such a minimal way that you're offsetting that kind of language in your head with the pleasure of working on something amazing and the evolution begins. And then all of a sudden at the end of your six months, you care less about whether it's good or not. You care less about what people are going to think about it. And you go, I'm actually writing a freaking novel. You have time to go back and edit it. Of course you do because you work on it. And maybe in three more months, she's going to work on it 20 minutes a day. I don't know. Or maybe 10 minutes twice a day, 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes a night, so that it's not a huge expenditure at any one given time. With the little time expenditure you do devote to most small steps, initially anyway, because usually, you know, just for most people, again, some people's small steps are huge and they, they change, you know, they, they go, I'm going to work on my novel two hours a day because it fits into their lives. Who cares? That's their small step, right? But for some people, the, the time expenditure in the in 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 the immediate, the, in the in the in the beginning part of that step is so minimal that you actually have time to consider and sorry about this, but meditate uh, on your feelings around it. You it, it's such a, a such a fluid, uh, non upheaval method to begin in such a small way that when these things come up, like I'm feeling stressed about it. You have time to consider that because you're learning above all else via maybe a step of writing a novel for 10 minutes. You're learning to, to take moments to consider your life also that you didn't before. And you're, you're asking yourself, am I stressed by this step? And you know that you have the power to change it if you are, to go down to five minutes, to go down to one minute. Small stepping allows and builds in reflection time. It doesn't add time to your day. It teaches you how to utilize it more to your advantage. That's what small stepping does. It doesn't create, once you small step, you, don't have, you only have to work for six hours a day instead of eight hours. Your boss will be totally understanding. It's like, no, but within that eight hours, you find moments to consider, moments to reflect, moments to meditate. That's what I think meditation is, is awareness. That's, what I, that's how I look at it. And sometimes literal, like deep breath kind of meditation to calm yourself and lower your overall stress. But in the very least, you're not doing anything so big that it's overtaking your life and making you more stressed and, have, and, and affording you less time to consider your life. You're learning how to consider your life via this, this 10 minutes a day. But now months have gone by. She's got 20 pages. That's substantial. 20 pages of a novel. Imagine if you guys had started your figurative novel, whatever that is for you, if it's a painting, learning guitar, learning guitar, 10 minutes a week. Well, you'd have six months under your belt. Guess what? You're going to hundred percent be a better guitar player now than six months ago. But if you haven't started guitar playing, because, oh man, then I got it. It's like an hour a week and I got to look at a book and I got to, and you just don't start. Here's hundred percent true. You will not have learned any guitar in six months. But how amazing is that to get that on your radar? enough to open up so much stuff that you do not expect. There's this program called NaNoWriMo, National uh, Novel Writing Month. My daughter's done it. Luna has done it a couple times and written, written a novel. And I, I love this program. It's a month. So I was kind of joking with myself. My, my program would be NaNoWriley, National Novel Writing Lifetime, because it's long-term. I, but I like the idea that this is like a you get into this and 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 it's supported and I think it's free banana rhymo but you but you 
write your novel and they play with this idea because people write it and they, they want to craft every sentence perfectly. And the idea is like, no, 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 write this darn novel. If it's the worst thing in the world, fine. It's a first draft. It's all it ever needs to be. Like that, that client sent me a quote. It was like that first draft only needs to be a first draft. That's it. Because that's the idea of a first draft. You can go back and edit. But NaNoWriMo is this great thing where you, it gets on your radar and you write this book. Now, the downside of NaNoWriMo, if I were to say so, would be that it is a pretty darn big undertaking. It You have to shift some serious stuff around to kick out a novel of, let's say, 50,000 words in a month. But it's like an ultra marathon. It's like a thing that you do. I'm still going to argue that small stepping is about the baseline. It's about raising your baseline of health and happiness so you can do these little spikes and, and, and these little fun things, these little ultra marathon type things, which would be writing a novel in a month for sure would be equivalent to an ultra marathon in my life. But it's interesting how you can play with this stuff and play with the inevitable thoughts of failure and success and fear and judgment and all these kinds of things that come up when you put this on the map. And I just want to lower the amount that that stuff floods in by small steps. I think the 10 minute in the morning and it lasting three months is way more useful because of all the other stuff that happened. When you do the National Novel Writing Month, and you should try it if you want it, it's fun. But you are all about your novel. I mean, you are all about subsumed in this novel. And that's exciting and fun. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's freaking amazing. But small stepping is sort of a different animal because via these, like I said, these small steps that you do every day, other seemingly unrelated things come up and other training happens, which is how do I grab moments for myself? How do I negotiate fear and success and failure in my own life? What does it mean to me? Are there workarounds for this? Is there a better time for me just on a very logistics way? Is there a better time for me to do this step? Is this step too much? Should I take it easier on myself but still be active and do action every day and set an example for myself of that I am a writer? Uh, for this 10 minutes, I look at myself and go, I'm a, I'm a novelist. I'm setting the example. I'm a novelist. I can do it, and I'm seeing myself do it all at the same time. Boom. Amazing. Incredible. Yes. That's how we tap into that nonverbal spark that I talked about in the video. That's how we tap in. We tap in via, via uh, action. And we say, oh, man. And it feels... You can't describe it. You can't describe it because it's so you deep down. And sometimes it's the first time it's come out in years. And it just makes you feel like you've just done drugs because it feels so amazingly good. But it's natural and sustainable in the biggest possible way and stress reducing and health increasing. Amazing what we can do. Not when we put our minds to it, but when we put our action to it, when we start acting and we start acting like we are, not fake it till you make it, but actually act, actually be that person for little moments and set that example for yourself and see all the things that you can do. Again, am I naive? Probably. But I think that everybody listening to this can do incredible stuff. I know it. I really do. I really know it. Like deep down, I go, yes, 100%. And it frust if there's frustration for me, it's people who sell themselves short. I could never give up this. I could never do, oh, I could, well, I can I'm just easing my way in, but they're really not. And that's frustration for me because I go, man, you're selling yourself short. What can you do? You could do amazing stuff and you're just justifying not doing anything. And that's fine. I get it because most of us don't do stuff because we think to do something is way bigger than it needs to be. To write a novel, that means I have to quit my job and I have to go build a little house outside that has a pretty little garden around it and has a little antique writing desk in there and I have to buy a freaking, you know, IBM Selectric 2 and that's, okay, then I'll be, and I have to buy glasses, I have to wear glasses, of course, I have to wear glasses and I have to have a fountain pen that I dip into the ink. I can't have a ballpoint, it's ridiculous, writers don't have ballpoints, that's crazy. So forget it, it's too much, it's too much. Small steppers go, let me begin the process and see what unfolds after that. And to begin the process, I'm going to figure out a way to do it that just, I can do it right now. I'm going to literally I'm going to hit stop on Sid's podcast and I'm going to open up Microsoft Word and I'm going to write two sentences of a novel and it could suck. It could be the worst two sentences in the history of mankind, but nobody's going to take away the fact that you just started a novel and that you set an example for yourself that this is something you are able, actually factually, can't argue with Sid about, able to do because you just did it. All right? All right, you guys. Episode 205. 
down and about. I'm going to have to bring my microphone to North Carolina because I'm going to be gone all weekend and I'm driving over to visit Matt Frazier and Doug Hayes, as I said. So three, I, I realized I did the math. I did the uh, Google Maps. Today, three hours and 25 minute drive. I didn't, I didn't know what I was getting into, but I'm freaking doing it. Get to see Doug's baby. Are you kidding me? I, Doug and Katie, I, it's an incidental, but their baby, that's what I, that's the trip. Got it? All right, you guys. You guys are amazing. You can email me at podcast at sidgarzahillman.com if you've got something to say, some comments, some stories about how this is affecting you. I love to hear that stuff. I dig it. Sign up for smallsteppers.com if you want to go deeper and have a you know a thing that takes you through the process and, 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 and keeps you kind of in this world for 12 weeks to then set you off because you're, you're like fine after 12 weeks, forever. You're good. That's the whole idea. I don't keep you in it. I teach you and set you free. All right, you guys are awesome. I will be back next week at episode 206 because I know how to count. In the meantime, be well. All the time. In this life. All the ups and All the reasons to stop
Darkness unfolds. 